Warning, this show may contain adult content, language, and humor, and is intended for mature audiences. If that's not you, please stop listening now. Nothing you hear on Sex and Science Hour is intended as medical advice, financial advice, legal advice, therapy, or really anything other than entertainment. Please take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Oh, and if you're hearing us on an affiliate network, the ideas and views expressed on this show are not necessarily those of the network you're listening on or of any sponsors or affiliate products you might hear about on the show. Now that all that's out of the way, let's start the show. This is Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Dr. Stephanie Murphy. Get your freak on. This is the Sex and Science Hour with Brian Sovereign and Stephanie Murphy. Woo. Get your freak on. <laughs> we do have actually a live crowd here. This is amazing. Now, this is our maybe first live show. Is this our first live show? First live Sex and Science Hour. I've been. Wow. So when I used to come to Pork Fest, we are live from Pork Fest 2018. I don't Pork know what number Fest. it is. What number is it? Is this 12? 15. 15. Where the hell is yeah, the time wow. gone? Well, anyway, Pork Fest 15, um, like, well, years ago, I used to watch you do uh, pork therapy. From Pork Fest, oh, which yes. is very fitting because, was, you know, you share a, a similar... We uh, share a pork. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, but, you know, and, and something else that used to be here at Pork Fest a lot that I've noticed is not here right now, or at least as far as I know, it's not here. Where's the sex tent? Uh, maybe or the we sex dome? haven't stumbled upon it yet um, because we haven't really wandered around the campground too much, honestly. Has anybody here seen the sex dome? No. There's kids all over the adult section. Yeah, well, right, right. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, in the world of see something, say something. I don't know. But yeah, that's, um, yeah, no sex dome, you know? And, and I think I only got to see it once. I knew it was there before, and it was not just a thing of myth and legend. I mean, now it's a thing of song, myth, and legend. But at the time, it wasn't. And um, yeah, I kind of miss it. I don't know. Like, the, you know, especially with Sex and Science Hour, it would have been great to do it from that, from the sex dome. You know what I mean? That would have been awesome. Well, I, you know, I never even knew who was really running it. I think it kind of um, switched hands every year. And then it became more it's like an urban legend. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it's doing it right. Well, so, but like, wouldn't that be awesome to like sit in there and you're recording and whoa, careful with that plug. You know, I mean, I mean, just have something, you know, just like out of nowhere. And then you're hearing moans in the background. I mean, not that you can't get that on audio anyway. But well, Brian, you know, part of the culture of festivals like this is do it yourself. So if we point. really wanted to see that happen, we could have brought a geodesic dome. I'm just saying. Oh, I thought you were suggesting something else. I thought you were asking the audience to do something. Okay. No, I wasn't right, asking good. the audience to Sorry. do anything they're not comfortable with. And nor would I. Nor would I, of course. So anyway, yeah, we are at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We are in the beautiful mountains, and the mountains are probably one of my favorite parts about this week. Um, it's, it's almost like a little retreat, but for extroverts, because there's lots of people around. Sure. And the people are doing stuff, and it's almost like it, it has almost like a family reunion vibe because, you know, you know these people for 10 plus years, right? And then, uh, you know, you run into them and stuff like that. 
Yeah, but like, when do you like leave the nest? You know, what does leaving leave the, the nest, nest mean? If 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 this is a family reunion, if you know, well, I guess you kind of leave the nest the rest of the year. I don't know. <laughs> But 10 years, yeah. that's a long yeah, time. Yeah, you leave the, the nest the rest of the year. So anyway, uh, <laughs> one thing that you that you might tend to do during the summer is, uh, you know, you're bored, you're home from school, you're in high school. You might uh, put your high school up on Craigslist for sale. <laughs> yeah, why not? Right. I mean, that sounds like a fun summer vacation. Shelter. I mean, have it right? do something useful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so a student, this is according to Gizmodo, a, a student put their high school up on Craigslist as a, <laughs> as a joke, you know, just as sort of a prank. I think it was almost like a senior prank or something like that. Uh, it, he listed the, the Truman High School for the reasonable price of just $12,275. And uh, his post described the building as a huge 20-plus room fa- facility and listed the following selling points, among others. Newly built football field, right? That's an attractive quality. Newly added four modern day rooms. Next to Walmart for convenience, because, oh. you know, in the, on wow. your lunch break, well, you might yeah. want to run to Walmart. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, though, because, like, for the, co- the kind of clientele that would want a, well, no, the football field makes sense, but the kind that could actually pay for high school and going to Walmart, I don't know, like, that doesn't, I mean, I know in Mexico, Walmart's, like, you know, the very high-end thing, and that's awesome, you know, but. Yeah, uh, in some parts of America. Yeah, I just don't know if that's end. a good selling point. That's all. I did nothing wrong with Walmart. I go there all the time. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm pretty sure these shorts I'm wearing, I bought them, like, five years ago at Walmart. Oh, yeah. And they've lasted my this hat, long. The, I mean, hat, the big floppy hat that I've got here is Walmart Couture. I'm going to put it on for, all the, for the live audience here. Oh, don't tell them that because I bought that for you. Then they're going to think I buy things for you at Walmart all the time. No. <laughs> Isn't that a great hat? It's a beautiful See, hat. See, we're getting Ooh, applause. This yeah, is really right. good. Okay. <laughs> so what happened to the student who put his high school up for sale on Craigslist? What do you think happened to him, Brian? Take a wild guess. Uh, I'm gonna, I would hope he got a commendation for original thinking, but I imagine that that's not what happened. I would assume that um, he was expelled. Uh, I don't know. I have experience. Where, well, no, okay. I wasn't expelled from school. Uh, but I've experienced people that have been expelled for far less. So what do you think? Well, uh, he was uh, he was basically charged with terrorism. (laughs) They they concluded that it was like an implied threat, although not a credible one. Uh, The police investigated it and uh, the student will face disciplined due to heightened concern nationally with school violence. We have extra police officers for the remainder of the school year and we'll have additional officers at all high school graduations. Wow. <laughs> and the kid said, I don't see how it was a threat at all. Uh, and well, I don't hopes see how that he's terrorism. still going to graduate. <laughs> he's selling a damn this high school. Kid. They didn't get the humor. What, I mean, isn't I that mean, the American that way? Pretty funny. Yeah. Entrepreneurship, you know, learning, you know, making exactly. a buck no matter what it takes. No matter what it takes or 12,000. Yeah. I mean, no matter how many, I mean, you know, just look who the president is. He, he didn't care how many people became homeless or like were left without a building. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's not even funny. Have you seen all the stuff about the, the ice, like, you know, separating parents from their children? Isn't that horrible? Oh, well, of course it is. Yeah. But, well, yeah. I mean, and those are terrible. Well, Excuse me, but the how is that terrorism? I don't know. It's not. I mean, it's it's a high school joke, and I don't want to go. I don't want to be the person who's like, remember in the good old days when you could do something like that as a senior prank, and people would just laugh at it and like not, you know, put you in jail. But I kind of feel that way. I almost kind of feel that way. I. It's not often that I'm like, remember the good old days, but in that in this one case, I almost almost want to say it. Yeah, I wonder if that's true though. You know, because I've seen Footloose. 
uh-huh. with Kevin Bacon. What, what what did you see? And you know they couldn't even like have a dance. You know, and I think if, if you can't if you can't dance, and you have to use actual like biblical scripture to to justify why you could dance. Like I mean, selling a high school, you know, a kid trying to sell a high school on Craigslist. I think that would be they'd probably break out the uh, you know they break out the old. Um, whatever apparatus that they burn witches on burn them at the stake right thank you Jeez. yeah something like that so i don't know if there was those good old days but maybe maybe there was well okay speaking of burning people at the stake and and speaking of the good old days brian do you remember the story a couple of years ago that there was this company this revolutionary company in silicon valley that was creating a product where you could do all kinds of tests on just one drop of blood you would prick yes. your finger once, and you would get a complete medical panel of tests with just one drop of blood. I know exactly where you're going with this. Uh-huh. Well, that sounded pretty amazing, right? Some would even say maybe a little too good to be true. But it was true because this company called Theranos raised something like $10 billion. It was worth like $10 billion at its right. peak or something like that. And it was headed by a woman named Elizabeth Holmes, who was the youngest female billionaire in the whole world. Now, three guesses how this story ends. Turns out that they couldn't actually run 20 different tests on just one drop of blood. And this whole thing was essentially a scam. They got so much money from investors and they got so many people excited and they had so much press and it was all for naught. Yeah, I remember a lot of politicians got involved in it. But, you know, real quick, I want to say on this. And I just caught myself saying this actually this morning when I was in a, in a meeting. Um, I, you know, like I, I heard this crazy, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say what the claim was because it was probably some kind of NDA or something. Not that I care about contracts, but the claim was that this, this amazing technological feat could be done. And the person asked me, well, do you think they could really do it? And I personally felt there's no way. No, this is absolutely impossible. But I found myself saying, well, I didn't expect Bitcoin. And I didn't think Bitcoin would be a thing. And so we're kind of at the point where there are little technological leaps that I don't think we ever expected could actually work and happen. You know, I mean, this is, yeah, at first blush, this sounds crazy. But we're kind of at the point where, well, you know, I mean, even the best of us are kind of saying, well, I didn't expect Bitcoin. So, hey, maybe. I mean, you can almost believe anything today. I know. Yeah. yeah. Bitcoin totally sounded like one of those scam penny stocks. Sure. Like the way people were talking about it at the beginning, it was like, oh, it's too big to fail. You know, hold on. I love Bitcoin. Yeah, we we love Bitcoin. But it turned out to be actually true. Right. It sounded like it was too big, too good to be true. But it was actually true. Yeah. Well, not this company, Theranos. Um, basically, they went, to the, they went to such lengths that they were having investor meetings at the company. They would have investors come over for lunch, give one drop of blood, and then say, okay, you guys go on a lunch break and talk about this. And instead of having this machine, which they claimed to have that would run the 20 tests on one drop of blood, they would actually have like 20 scientists in a lab running tests and not on the machine that they claimed to have right. <laughs> during the lunch break where the investors were talking and then they would come back and say oh look we have your test results this is incredibly commonplace though you'll find this in any industry not just this industry you know not just medicine or you know i mean in the tech industry it's rampant you have people constantly pretty much if you ever go to like an actual conference even like one of these blockchain conferences or something boy you know you want to you want to ask them look can i see the wizard of oz please because 
there's somebody behind the curtain, like probably pulling something. Almost never are there at, like do they have actual real products that uh, you know that that is doing what they what they say, especially early on when they're going for investment. If they're yeah. looking for investment, they probably don't. Probably not always, but probably don't have an actual product. And like I said, this is rampant anywhere. So, I mean, what I guess what's kind of sad is a lot of this is part for the course like it's normal today i agree that, with that you, you buy into this i mean i actually think it's probably started out like a lot of scams and you know cryptocurrency exchanges that go insolvent and stuff like that it probably started out with the best of intentions they probably had a plan as to how they could actually make a machine like this and they were trying to do it and trying to do it and then they got to f- behind on development maybe they got a few initial investors and their investors were like where's your benchmark we want to see progress on this have you met this milestone and they're like oh yeah 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 we want to please our investors so they're you know they're scrambling to try to make it look like they can actually meet these milestones and then it just got away from them to the point where they're having meetings where they're running manual blood tests on these investors as they go on a lunch break and you know the the other thing that's unusual about this is like you don't see a a woman doing this running a con like this very often you know Mm. (laughs) like it's just pretty rare to see that is like it's often men and she got so much attention because she was such a young female billionaire and one of a few in the world but it turned out that it was that it was unfortunately fake and she by the way there's an update to the story she actually did get arrested just last week yeah yeah Yeah. Um, not not something i really want to see happen but you know no no to anyone uh so yeah i don't i don't know like this is this is a thing that's going on where like you think Marissa Meyer and others who weren't able to deliver, unfortunately on, I mean, the sad part is, is that when this kind of happens, you've got a billion guys that come out and say, see women, you can't put them at the top. You know, like they'll, they'll just come right out and say that. I mean, I've read so many articles about Marissa Meyer saying that, look, Marissa Meyer was already a success before she took over Yahoo. It didn't matter what she did at Yahoo. She's a successful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, that's a shame that this gets this will probably in a lot of circles will get held up in that way um but at the same time i mean sure she committed fraud i mean like that like there's there's you know there's some some victimizing going on here there's some money that's been i mean everything's a risk right buyer beware is a great you know caveat emptor is a great way to go through life but yeah just an ugly story so ugly in so many different angles and i don't know i mean as soon as i heard like john mccain was involved in it i'm like ah that can't be right because what the hell does he know like, like there's, there's no there EQ. were there were a lot of politicians there who were. got involved in yeah. this yeah just like there were a lot of politicians that got involved with like bernie madoff too I that's mean, true i don't know maybe they're not doing their due diligence well i i think that they well you know maybe what it is is they you know they know a good scam and they know how to you know that they can make money off of it and they know the score they can see the look in the other person's eye yeah that guy's a thief you know that guy's a scumbag we can we can make that happen so, or, you know, we can get along and, and he could probably make a little bit of money uh, until the, the jig is up. Um, I mean, you know, thankfully Theranos isn't backed so by nuclear saying, weapons. you're saying, well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're saying that maybe they knew about it all along. And oh, maybe, maybe. they didn't care. They're yeah, just like, maybe. well, because like, I've heard that before in the cryptocurrency world. They're like, yeah, people say, oh, yeah, you know, most things are scammy, but, you know, you just have to know when to get out at the right time. Right. And as long as you can get out before it implodes, then you're going to make money. Yeah, this is this is rampant. Like I say, it's every industry that gets into this stuff. It's, right. it's not just one or two. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's rare that I think it gets this much press and has been covered for this long. And well, I mean, on the flip side, maybe the possibility, the reason it got so much press is because the wrong people did get burned. 
you know, the people that have, uh, you know, reporters in their pockets and so on. Who knows? Uh, but just, just an ugly story all the way around. Well, speaking of things in your pockets. Oh, I thought you were going to say, speaking of ugly stories. Yeah. No, this is not an this ugly story. Pocket. This is actually a beautiful <laughs> Speaking of Those things in keys. your pocket. Yeah, really? I actually have a story about mindful masturbation and why it matters. It's called You're Masturbating Wrong. Mindful Masturbation and Why It Matters by Dr. Chris Donahue. I'm just going to sit back and listen to this. Does that, am, am I doing it right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. So let me know what you think of this. I'm going to read this to you. Um, no, I'm being mindful. <laughs> yeah, just, just check in. Notice how you feel. Notice your body and your breath. Okay. <sighs> we develop masturbation habits that are pleasurable but also hardwired, says Dr. Chris Donahue. Masturbation and self-pleasure enter our lives from the time we're in utero and extend well into our elderly years. And its traumatic legacy rarely gets challenged. Traumatic legacy? Our masturbation habits rarely mature beyond what they were as kids. Quick, quiet, alone, and focused on genitals only and getting off as soon as possible in a hurried fashion. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I wonder. We're not inaccurate. I'm, I'm not, you know, not singling anybody out. We do have an, a live audience here. Masturbation can be devalued, he says, but it's one of the most important developmental experiences. It sets an imprint for how we see our bodies, what parts are treated as sexual and pleasurable, what feels arousing and safe, and what is left ignored. Our entire body is our sexual anatomy, yet most of us, due to sex and body shame, gender roles, toxic masculinity, respectability politics, and sexism, reduce our sexual body down to our genitals. This neurologically wires our body and arousal in a limited and reduced way. How we treat our body and sexuality when solo deeply impacts how available we are to partners and pleasure and how much we limit our full body's involvement. So let's just stop after that paragraph. Yeah, wow, Roger, was, can we talk about masturbation? Brilliant. Is that okay for... All right, good. All right, just making sure. All right. <laughs> Wait, since when are you asking somebody what we can talk about? Well, I like the man, okay? <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair Maybe enough. I want to ask him about... No, no, no. <laughs> so what did you think of that whole paragraph, Brian? Do you think that um, masturbation habits can affect how you, how you basically learn to experience sex and how you are with a, a sexual partner? And do you think that people kind of because of the shame that's around masturbation learn to just do it a certain way, which is like utilitarian, quick to the point, like focused on only one part of your body when really your whole body could be involved in sex, but you're missing an opportunity? I think that's an oversimplification. I get it. Um, and certainly you can get to the point with masturbating, not speaking from personal experience, where you can, like masturbating, you get so used to that. It's the only way you can get off, no matter what the other person is doing, uh, you know, to you. Um, so, I mean, I, I can see that, but I don't know. I don't know that I can agree with the idea that that this, like, I mean, the reason a lot of people masturbate is because maybe they need to do it quickly. They just need to, you know, get off really fast. Mm -hmm. And often that's because they're very busy. And then, like, that's kind of almost an economic issue. Not that everything is economic. Sorry, folks. Um, but, yeah, I get it. But I think it's a little oversimplified. So Sure, sure. Uh, he says, while he supports porn fully, uh, he thinks it affects your sexual body and self-esteem. So choose wisely. Porn isn't neutral. And choose body-positive porn that features diverse body shapes, gender expressions, and races, generally only found in queer feminist porn or amateur porn porn do you agree with that that the type of porn you consume also affects your 
like sexuality and how you yes. are with partners. I agree with that too. Yeah. Well, especially because. I mean, now it's almost like education and oftentimes it's better education than a lot of not all, but a lot of a lot of parents can give their kids as in like it's um, a little more visceral, a little more hands on, a little more hands on, perhaps (laughs) a little Uh, more real world experience. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think you're right. Like some people, uh, if they want to learn about uh, driving, they might read a book and others, they might drive a car or watch a video of somebody driving a car. Right. Is that a good analogy? Um, sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I think that, well, I mean, porn, the porn industry, which I have, you know, a degree of experience with does have issues. I mean, like, like it is like, that's not, not all of that is healthy sexuality. Like I'm, I'm very reticent to say, oh, all porn is fine. Yeah. Um, I agree. I'm also not going to stop anybody from making their stuff, but I think the author might feel similarly to you because he was saying like he supports porn, but a lot of the porn out there is not like the healthiest expression of how sexuality is in our culture. Yeah. Or it's not reality. Again, it might be better than, than give having a birds and bees talk, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's reality either. Yeah. Uh, And, and that's a, that's a problem. So absolutely. Okay. So he says, if you masturbate only with porn, take a porn break. Porn distracts you from being fully embodied, mindful, and exploring your whole body. You must be fully in your body to experience all the possible pleasure you can get from masturbation. Okay. I'm going to ask the crowd a question or the audience. Let's ask the question. Let's Let's ask the audience a question. Um, So when you are a guy or gal, and yes, folks, there's both here. Uh, Any Zs? Okay. So um, uh, if you are masturbating. Notice I'm looking at my computer screen. I'm not looking at any of you in the eye because I'm embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. I know. It's like we don't often get to make eye contact with our listeners. It's a little awkward. Wow. (laughs) You're staring at me awfully intently. You're just waiting. All right. So if you are... Yikes. Woman even just leaned in. (laughs) Terrified. She has a chalice in her hand. What the hell's going on here? All right. Uh, (laughs) If you're masturbating, do you ever... So you're using one hand... Do most people masturbate with one hand? Yeah, yeah. All right, we're getting two, two, two hands. R- wait. <laughs> okay, See, okay. They're involving more of no. their bodies. Yeah, no, okay, so good. we had some two-handed masturbators in the audience. You put in the butt. Sometimes you involve the butt. There you go. See, now you went in directions that I wasn't going at all. But I. Well, no, you won't. Well, uh, but hey, they, hey. see, they're they're mindful. They're more mindful masturbators than your average masturbator. Well, of course, because, that's why they're here, right? Because yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> because they're involving more different parts of their body. And um, another thing that he recommends is varying your technique because masturbation can become formulaic. We depend on certain habits, techniques, and stimulations, without which we have trouble reaching orgasm. And okay. for some, this is the kind of porn that they need in order to get off. For others it depends on a certain level of intense physical stimulation such as with a vibrator or like you know some guys have like the death grip you know like they're yeah (laughs) and not the vulcan death grip not the vulcan death grip the uh the penile death grip yeah yeah i didn't get to my question but sorry what was your that's all right Um, i wasn't being very mindful you know well yeah well i was barely listening to the paragraph a few minutes ago because i was being mindful and anyway (laughs) you were just your mind was elsewhere your mind was on other things (laughs) have you seen the woman next to me (laughs) where the hell do you expect my mind to be yeah that's right anyway 
Um, sorry. Okay. So, so what was your question? So my question was, do any of you ever, so, okay, so you're, you're, you know, rubbing one or stroking one with one hand. Do you ever use the other hand and just kind of like gently kind of, I don't know, like just brush your skin, like kind of touch. Oh, that, that? We had, okay. we had a giggle, we're, yeah. We're hearing about nipples. Yes. Okay. So we had somebody who said that they like to stimulate, touch different parts of their body and the top half is involved, right? Okay. All right. I well, like you know, I, I have to say, I, I think that is underappreciated too. Like you have two hands, you can use the other one for something else. Oh, fucking Why right. not get more involved, right? All right. Well, anyway, I, I'm going to challenge everybody to give this a shot. Where I mean, It doesn't have to be your upper body. It could be your leg, whatever. And if you have, you know, if, if you like your nipples played with, by please, by all means, um, just like kind of gently, I don't know, and take in the sensation. Give yourself almost a self-massage while you're, um, while you're doing the business. And, uh, well, I think that'll make things pretty mindful right out of the gate. So, you yeah, know, that's, I mean, that's a way thing. to be more mindful is to do more, right? That's the whole point. Yeah, I think mindfulness, a lot of times when people talk about mindfulness, it's about it's about just noticing what's going on in the present moment, not what happened a minute ago or not what's going to happen in the future, but just really being in the moment right now and noticing things like how your body feels, the air going in and out of your lungs is another thing that people like to focus on with breathing and stuff like that. Um, how, how is your mind feeling? How is your body feeling? What are you thinking about? And then when thoughts come up, you just kind of let them go without continuing to think about them. You just, it, they they say it's like a puppy like playing with a ball or something like that or like <laughs> that's gonna kill my boner i know just saying know. it straight that yeah, is gonna okay. kill we, my we boner we should not bring puppies just imagining a puppy playing with a ball it's like no yeah that is just too cute i'm sorry all sexual thought is gone sorry it's over <laughs> okay so maybe don't think about puppies or if you do think Superstar about it and then right let there, it go <laughs> We got a celebrity crowd here. But you can apply mindfulness to all kinds of things. You can apply it to meditating. You can apply it to eating. You can apply it to when you're about to go to sleep or when you wake up. But you can also apply it to sex and masturbation. Yeah. So that's what this person is advocating. And and he's asking some questions like, do you always sit? Do you always make noise? Do you only touch your genitals? Do you use toys? Do you never penetrate yourself? Try it all. Explore the anatomy that the sex phobic culture would tell you to avoid. Woo, I right think on. he means the butt. The butt? Every... <laughs> well, right. That's the anatomy no, that's where that your the, mind the goes. sex phobic that's... culture would tell you to avoid. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, it could refer to all kinds of different things, but... I, I I got that sense, you know, that he's talking, he's saying, don't be afraid to, exp it, like, it's your body. Like, this is libertarianism, people, right? We're at Porkfest. This is we like, don't the say most that word libertarian that thing <laughs> that That's we can word. talk about. I know. we. It's okay to use the L word at Porkfest, don't you think? Oh, all right. <laughs> Libertarians! This is libertarianism. It's your body. That means you have the ultimate choice to do what you want with it and to and why not do pleasurable things with it, right? What right does anybody else have to tell you not to? Don't well, you think that's the most libertarian I, thing I've I, said I, all day? I will let it ride without getting into any kind of philosophical argument. Absolutely. I, I won't go. get into a philosophical thing. I, I don't think it's going to be an argument because I think you agree with me, but like that's part of what freedom means to me and self-ownership is like don't let anybody tell you what you can do with your own body including like the pleasurable and fun and healthy things right I, i'm i'm gonna agree 
And, and there's a lot of cultural influences that do try to tell you what you should and shouldn't do with your body and how you should feel about it and whether you should feel ashamed, whether you should feel embarrassed or whether you should just be afraid to eat, ask questions about it, whether you should have knowledge, like access to knowledge about your own body is another big deal because, you know, a lot there are a lot of people out there who believe that like humans shouldn't have access to like accurate anatomically correct like children, they don't tell children the correct names for body parts and things like oh, that, sure, you know, sure. or, or answer like questions in an age appropriate way when kids express curiosity about what body parts do or Not like really. sex. Who or in their right mind would call it a tushy? <laughs> right. Or Every baby. time I say that word, I bet people will laugh. Tushy. Right. Or like, See? okay, so do you remember? Okay, here's a question. Maybe we could get the audience in on this too. Because I want to bring in some some listener, uh, you know, some listeners on onto the yeah, show. Yeah, let's at get them on. So I want to move your purse, though. Okay. No, no I wasn't Done. judging any Check. of you. I'm not saying. It. I mean, come on, this never happened. Judge, you want me to judge you? No, I want to ask you a question. Okay, is okay. that a Rob Zombie shirt? You are. The awesome. answer is yes. I, see, it is from a Rob here. Zombie shirt. I knew. Okay, I was really. I was looking at your T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, okay, here's my question for you, Brian. Um, and then I want to open it up to the audience. Do you remember how old you were when you first asked your parents, like, hey, where do babies come from? Or did you ever ask I that question? I never asked that. You never that. asked. No did way. You, did you not ask because you knew that you weren't supposed you, to ask? No, you did not have my dad. This is a guy. This is a guy Nobody that worked on the Voyager program. You understand? Brothers. I don't mean Star Trek. I mean gold record Voyager. You know what I'm saying? I would be terrified of the lecture that would come along with the explanation of how all the that lecture. works. Yeah, the So lecture. why would he give you a lecture? Because I think he would be explaining, I mean, it would just, no pun intended, it would go so deep that I, I just, I, I, I couldn't stand there that long, especially as a kid, you know, like I, I, I got playing to do, you know what I mean? So yeah, so no, I, I, never, I never asked them. And then later on in life, like I certainly never asked my mother because like I, I saw the, uh, uh, the, the trove of guys that... <laughs> Sadly, she kept marrying and whatever else. And it's like, yeah, I don't think you know too much about how all of this works. Just a guess. But anyway. your parents were pretty religious, too, right? Yeah. So yeah. do you OK, do you remember when you got the sense that you didn't want that you didn't feel comfortable asking your parents that question? Well, the point came where I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm going to be having, you know, gals in the house, you know, and that <laughs> okay. did not go over well. Like, that was not okay. And and my mother explicitly said, no, yeah, no, you're not. Like, because I know what's happening and, and that's not going to happen here. So I ended up going out and buying the biggest car I could find yeah, but to before accommodate the, before my, the point um, where you were my old pastimes. enough to buy a car. Like, do you remember what was it that tipped you off that certain questions were not okay to ask about with adults? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's like religious stuff. We could go into that. Oh, it's okay. So it was yeah. religious stuff. Well, yeah, we you go questioning go God, it, you know, but... that's like... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, re I just remember like um, there would be certain jokes on TV shows that I'd be watching with like my family or other adults. And instead of like laughing at the joke, there would be like a laugh track on the TV show. And instead of laughing at the joke or like, you know, just having a... Just treating it like it was kind of an everyday part of life like the adults would like cringe or they would like look over at me to see if I understood or something like that. And that's when I started to get the sense that certain things were not really okay to talk about or like, okay to wonder about. <laughs> yeah. And I certainly didn't get all the jokes when I was a kid or anything, but I just got the sense that like certain things were like a little bit off limits. 
or maybe like weren't for me to like talk about? Yeah. So I think you, you grew up with, with really loving people. I did. Um, yeah. And you know, that's awesome. Um, did you ever ask them? Like, I know you, you got, you, like you explained, you got the hint that there's questions you couldn't ask, but like, did you ever ask them? I, so, Hey, what's this whole sex thing? I never asked. I remember my mother told me. Oh yeah. She just straight up told me. She's a proactive me. person. Yeah. She I was very her. proactive. Yeah. I think I was about 11 or 12. And she said, so, we were driving in the car alone and she said something like, so you've probably heard about like sex. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, do you know what actually happens during sex? And I was like, um, I mean, I think so. And she's like, it's like a penis in a vagina. And <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how babies are made. And I was like, yeah, mom. Okay. I, I thought that was the case, but Thanks for confirming. <laughs> well, that's very ballsy. Yeah. Make sure you play with it. But it was also very like heteronormative and heterocentric, right? Because like sex is penis and vagina, right? Like that's not even how every heterosexual couple has sex. That sex is like a lot more than that. Sure. So I, I think it might have been a little bit of a limiting idea. And then I remember a few times like, you know, the, and this is in the 90s. I'm definitely not trying to like bash my family or anything like that. I think they were they were largely great. But like, I, I definitely remember being asked the question of like, Stephanie, you're not gay, right? <laughs> or like, Yikes. Stephanie, you don't like girls, right? Like, there's no way to say like, actually, I do, <laughs> you know, and answer that question. And I wasn't even sure. I was like, I don't fucking know. And I remember reading these magazines, like there were like these teen magazines, like 17. And I remember there was this passage in one of the magazines that was talking about like when a girl has a crush on another girl and it was trying to like talk you out of it. It was saying like, you don't really like that girl in the same way that you would like a boy. You just admire her. You just think she's cool and you want to be her friend, but nothing more. And it was like, it was literally these like homophobic, you know, like the same arguments that like religious conversion therapy uses to like talk people out of the realizing that they're gay. That's amazing because the magazines that I read as a teenager were pretty much saying the exact opposite about women. Like, right. like the more together, the well, better. That well, was that was what you know, you know. Ma males get boys get one message and girls get a different message. Uh, that's true. You know, and it's yeah. it was like super confusing. So sure. okay, I want to open it up to yeah, the audience now some, and have yes. some people come up. Tell us about your childhood. No, tell no. Us <laughs> No. Tell us about, tell us about, you know, like, when did you first like start to wonder, like, what is this sex thing? And like, what did you ask anybody about it? Did they like shut you down when you asked that question? Have or you looked at these people? <laughs> yeah. What's your point? They're like, they look great. <laughs> Good point. All right. <laughs> or like, was, do you have a funny story about like asking a question about sex as a kid? Like, did somebody tell you something ridiculously wrong or like just a bullshit story to try to like get you to go away? Come on up. Maybe, somebody uh, come up. Or, well, I Paul, see somebody standing up. It's, yeah. it's Paul, I think. Actually, right? I don't know. <laughs> if you don't want us to say your name, I don't know how that would work oh, out. Shit. So yeah, we, we'll try we to, try to keep it anonymous. Names. But uh, yeah. right. that's OK. I'm pretty out there. <laughs> yeah, Paul, I'll tell you, welcome, welcome, in a Paul. world of individuals, in a place full of individualistic individuals, Paul is an individual. For sure. so, <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, it is. A compliment. Coming from me, you better believe it. <laughs> so, so what's your awkward, embarrassing uh, story about asking a question about sex and getting shut down as a kid? Well, I 
once again, I don't remember any specific conversations with my parents. It kind of just got infused from the atmosphere that I wasn't supposed to talk about it. Yeah, infused from the atmosphere. I think my that's a really common experience. My parents never talked about this stuff. Now, they were wonderful, loving people, and they were demonstrative to each other. They'd hug and, you know, I mean, they, they would do, you know, appropriate kind of affection to each other. But I got the clear impression that they loved each other and that, you know, and they hugged us. And so, I, you know, but as far as actual sex goes, it just it, the subject never came up. Yeah, and, and it's just, like you start to wonder after a while, like, why are there certain things that are just never talked about? Yeah, right? and it's like, I just never broached the subject, and nobody ever talked about it to me. And, of course, there was no Internet, so I remember I had talked to my—my my brother was two years older, okay? And we had this con- short conversation where he asked me, you know—now, he didn't use the word erection, okay? But he said, you know, does do your— you know, dick get bigger, you know. Uh-huh. And I said, yeah, sometimes. And he he, he, he kind of had this conspiratorial thing. Well, that's a sexual reaction. <laughs> is this is this an older brother? Yeah, he was two years yeah, old. Yeah, oh, I, I, I tell oh, you, older brother. Yeah. Now, has that's all he said. Story. He yeah, wouldn't right. say anything more. Well, right. Okay, so what's the significance? Well, tell me. No, nope, that was it. That was just this. He gave me this little nugget. And it was like, I had to wait till seventh grade. And they showed this black and white film in 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 gym you know health class. Finally, the secret was revealed. And suddenly, of, all the Kiss albums made sense. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I have a story like that too about a video. I, I remember when we were in sixth grade, so I would have been like twelve at the time. They showed us a video about girls getting their periods and boys having nocturnal emissions, and what? they sh- there We're was not a, lemurs. There was a skit. Where this girl was saying, like, to another girl, oh, I make sure to wear, like, black jeans on that day when I'm going to get my period. So that, like, and and then I was like, okay, so we're supposed to wear black jeans, like, all the time, like, just in case it happens to us one yeah, day. Yeah, because it just happens <laughs> randomly. You, you can't predict this, black right? black jeans. Yeah. yeah. And then the, the boy one was, like, a skit between a, a boy who, like, he thinks he peed his bed. He thinks he peed in his bed, but it wasn't pee. So he gets up in the middle of the night and he's like, mom, I need you to wash my sheets. And then his mom comes running in and she's like, oh, honey, did you wet the bed? I'll take care of it. Let me put those in the laundry machine. And then the dad comes in and he's like, honey, I'll handle this man to man. This is a boy talk. And then he sits down with the son on the bed, like the wet bed. He sits down with the son and he puts his arm around him and he goes, son, that is not pee. <laughs> I thought it was going to be something like, son, this is why I don't put my socks in the hamper right away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's a little bit better than what I had in mind. Oh. But it was just like, I wish we had, I wish I could find footage of this video. It was on a laser disc, I remember, because at the time, laser discs were huge. And like the school got funding for like this laser disc player. That's got to be but, like the greatest laser disc ever. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my God. I wish I had a copy of it. So. Have you tried looking for YouTube, looking for it on YouTube? Somebody might have uploaded it. What do I it? search for, though? Son, that is not pee. I mean, that was like the most <laughs> memorable line from it. I would love to. Actually, that's a great idea. I'm going to look. I yeah, think we're going to hunt this down. Stuff keeps showing up all the time. I mean, I, I've a couple of stuff I looked for a couple of years ago. Then you look for it again. 
hey, somebody's uploaded it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. All right. Yeah. Well, Paul, thanks for sharing that story with us. Does yeah, anybody else? Thank you. Does anybody else want to share a story of their uh, their awkward? Uh, <laughs> well, before <laughs> someone else comes up, uh, feel free to just come on and take a yeah, seat. Th- Ladies first, if you want. Uh, I don't know if this Big T here wants to jump in on it, but <laughs> we have someone up in the hot seat. Did you want to share? We'll see. But okay. you know, I will say the thing that actually shocked me wasn't so much like that. I I never got to ask my parents about sex and all that stuff, but like finding out later on. How much shit, especially in the 80s, so I was born in 81, forgive me, and that all these songs are like wildly sexual. I talk about this all the time. Yeah, like I can't overtly. believe it. Like, like uh, She Bop by Cyndi Lauper. Great yeah. song. Great song. But I can remember people far too young singing that song, and that's all about her masturbating. Yeah, or, or how but about- they had, she had to find a really creative way to like sing about that because I guess you couldn't really put it out in the open the same way a man could. Sure, okay. Like, or- I don't know of any other songs about women masturbating, right? Yeah, yeah, there uh, we go. Yeah. The musician in the audience called that action. Yeah, touch myself. That's well, the divinals. Right? All right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or how about? Well, here's an, here's another one that's like really, really creepy, right? Especially if you go back and listen to it, and then look at the demographics of how this thing sold. So, one of my favorite artists of all time. Everybody, get ready to laugh. Rick Springfield. I'm not kidding. Love Rick Springfield. Who knows Rick Springfield? Thank you. Thank you. I yeah. All right. Well, then you accept me. I love you too. All right. So, Rick Springfield. He had this song, he, his, big, his big album, of course, had that song that won't be named, but the other song that was on, this, the album's called Working Class Dog, at the end of it there's a song called Inside Sylvia. Now you have to understand, demographically, first off, Rick Springfield's like 30-something. Pay no attention to the fact that he's dating like a 16-year-old Linda Blair, okay? Uh, but he's... Ooh, that's yeah. problematic. All right, but he's on the cover of like Tiger Beat, you know, and all these other bop magazines and everything, yep. which were really hot at the time, as well, as, as well into the late 90s, and... You know, so who who's the demographic for those? Like I said, this is in seventeen. It's magazine. teen girls, you know, yeah, a teen or what, or, or young or preteen. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Okay, so like I remember when I was younger than a teen, I always like wanted to read those magazines. because sure. it was like what the older girls could read. Sure, right, because the you know the pinups even of the gals like in the later years would be you know Candace Cameron back when she was like really young. And anyway, it's all very strange. Okay, regardless, my point being is there's a song inside Sylvia, um, and there it is inside Sylvia. That's the name of the song. It's a simple little ballad. Gee, you wouldn't think anything about? of it. And you knew that the average age of the person listening to that album was probably like 10 or 11, right? Yeah. I mean, and I was certainly younger when I started listening to Rick mm-hmm. Springfield. And that song is all about, you know, having sex. I mean, you don't, you don't, ex- I mean, you know, you find out later. And he even jokes about it at concerts. And he's like 60 and he's saying, he's coming out. He's like, he's like, yeah, isn't that weird that that song was about that? And it's like, yeah, Rick, that's pretty weird. What the fuck were you doing? You so know? much but, stuff went over my head when I was a kid. And that it's, it's weird when you listen back to it and you understand it as yeah. an adult. And you're like, whoa, holy shit. But anyway, we have another guest who wants to come on and share a story. Welcome. Hello. Does this guest want to be named? Uh, yes, you can name me. That's okay. okay. Everybody well, here can see me. So this is also Sovereign Tech co-host. Hey, hey. This is Sovereign Tech. Ho- so we're, we're having a little on Sex and Science Hour here. We're a little having a little session of the best because it is Brian, Ellen Stallone and Stephanie and really exciting. So awesome to have you on, Ellen. Anyway, yeah, uh, sorry, I went into Sovereign Tech mode because we're together, but <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Yeah, so uh, you guys were just talking about magazines, right? Like nudie yes, magazines. Yes, yeah. So I've talked to a few other women, and like you know, a lot of people throughout my life have actually said this, uh, and this is how I discovered sex as a child. Um, I wasn't told by my parents. It was kind of similar to the last few stories. Like it just wasn't touched upon. Uh, but I actually um, 
found a stash of nudie magazines and like cassette tapes in my stepfather's bedroom, which was a very uncomfortable, disgusting discovery. It was like horrifying. And like apparently there are tons of women who have had this experience too, where they just stumble upon it and they're not ready for it. Like they haven't been prepared at all. It's just all of a sudden, blah, like all this terrifying stuff in your face. Like that's, you want to like talk to your kids before that happens. Or at least, like, keep the stuff where they can't find it because that can be, like, kind of traumatizing. Yeah, yeah, or make a duplicate over the copy of E.T., right, where it's oh, sure. not really E.T. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. It can be totally traumatic if you're, like, not expecting it. And also it's like, oh, really? Like, they look at women like that? What do they think of me, right? Like, that's kind of a very weird thought. Yeah, and there was some scary stuff in there, like... uh a van would drive around the city and pick up girls and they'd be like, hey, we'll give you money if you like get in here and take your clothes off in front of the camera. Like, that's not what you want to hear as a teenage girl because they're like, how old are you? And all the girls were like, I just turned 18. (laughs) Like they all do. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, and that's like the thing that in the 90s it was like stranger danger, right? Like you're told not to get into a car with anybody. But that's what makes it kinky. I suppose, (laughs) Yeah. I think, hold on, hold I think on, a lot of on. men Audience. have that experience too. Like, you know, they find their dad's <laughs> porn stash or whatever, or like a Playboy magazine or something like that. And uh, yeah. What was the series in the 90s that Penthouse did videos where it was all like, oh, they just turned 18 and everything? Come on, somebody's got to know. Come on. What? No, no, that's a Snoop Dogg. No, that does. Was it boys uh, barely legal? All right. No, it, it was barely legal. But anyway, OK, it, nice. it took me a second. I was hoping one of you would say it. But yeah, anyway, th- that was like a crazy, ridiculous thing. Uh, all right. Continue, please. Sorry, you're well, drinking water. There. I've got a story kind of like that. Um, when I was about 16 and I just had my uh, my learner's permit, I think, or maybe I had just gotten my driver's license. I was going on a drive with um, my friend from high school and we were just kind of driving around these random back roads we got into a dead end in a cul-de-sac. There's like a horror movie that starts this way. I'm pretty sure too. We got into a dead end at at a cul-de-sac and we saw this trunk, like, you know, like a pirate trunk, like a treasure chest kind of a trunk. And it had like, you know, I, I think it had the ability to lock, but we were like, what is in this chest? So we went up to it, we parked the car and we opened it up and literally it was a chest full of porn. And somebody just dumped it? Yeah, magazines. I, I guess maybe they, I don't know, like maybe somebody's like girlfriend or wife like asked them to get rid of it or something or, wow. and they just ditched it on the side of the road. And so we found this, this chest of porn. And so we were like looking through it and we were like, we saw these magazines. We're like, oh, we're not touching those. Like that's probably sticky pages. Um, <laughs> but we found this one video that at the time it was like one of the highest budget porn productions in the 90s. And it was like a VHS tape. Passenger 69? No, it was like I forget what it's called. It was it was like Adam Planet and, of the Babes, Adam and Eve. No, it, Pirates. I, I don't remember the name of it. Debbie does. It it wasn't Debbie does Dallas either. It was like I I don't know what it was, but it was like supposed to be kind of high budget, and um, we watched it. It was like I just remember people Thanks having. So. Se- thank you for sharing that. I remember like people. And sorry, you had that experience. Yeah. Um, I just remember people having sex like under a waterfall and like on a rock outside. And I was like, oh, I mean, that looks kind of fun, but also unrealistic. (laughs) So that was what we found in the treasure chest of porn. All right. So, you know, funny thing, because that's like where I think I first I saw my first porn was like just this magazine on the side of the road out in the 
you know, country or whatever. This is anyway. So I want to. So so you know, we like audience participation here. We have a guest we'll get to in just a second here. Um, so show of hands, actually show of both hands, just so we know you're not doing something um, problematic. Um, how many how many people here? Their first porn they saw was just something they found on the side of the road or something like that. Show it both hands. Yeah, some people. All right, I'm not the some only one. And Stephanie, you weren't the only one that found it in some trunk wow. or whatever. All right, show of both hands again, please. Both hands. Um, you found it at your parents, like under their bed or something like that. Whoa. Okay, I've got whoa. a couple more. And how many first porn was something they saw on the internet? How many have never seen porn? Okay. All right. Good. No liars. That's All right. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's being honest here. But that's that. That was actually pretty one third, one third, yeah, one third as far as that goes. Respondents. Yeah. 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 All right. So we do have a guest on the microphone. Hello. Hello. Would you like to introduce yourself or remain anonymous? It's up no, to you. I'll be Britt. Hello. Okay. Hi, Britt. Get up on that oh. mic. Yeah. Get get real get close. Yeah. Get real close hey, to it. Hi. Brian was making jokes about that before we started. Oh, I was swallowing the mic. <laughs> but that was swallow the mic. I won't do that. I don't use those skills. So, so what's your awkward, embarrassing story? So, I have two awesome ones, but I'll start with the first one. So, like, I was born in '92. Like, all the times when all the alien movies were made. Okay. I did not have the best supervision growing up, so I truly thought babies, like your belly opens up, and baby pops out. It was you all thought Ripley. it happened yeah, like alien. Yeah, like I was like just legit, legit like that's how babies happen. And they're like, no, we got to explain some stuff to you real quick, girl. Like, wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's not a crazy thing to think because have you ever seen those no, videos where honestly, totally someone's like, like, I still would rather it come out my belly button at this day. Like, that was way more like. <laughs> I know. It's horrifying, the process of birth. I like. Well, I mean, especially Sigourney Weaver's it. right there. It's like, hey. hey. <laughs> the first time I saw an umbilical cord, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is sci-fi. Like. Yeah, it looks just like the alien tail, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that was... Yeah, oh, my God. breathe out acid on you. That is a great Scary. story. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Like, have you ever seen those videos where a woman is, like, about like about to give birth, like, yes, 40 preaching. weeks pregnant or more, and you can see, like, the body parts of the baby, like, the baby's punching and kicking, and you can see it through the surface of her skin? Ooh, that looks totally alien. So that's another fun thing that was, like, another irrelevant thing. When I was 17, I started being a assistant to a, um, those ladies that give babies. What are they called? Midwife? Midwives. Okay. Okay, I was a midwife assistant, which so literally by that meant time you I was going to sit out there and where scoop they come out from. the poop out of the pool when she, like, pooped wow. herself. That was my gig. But I had to, like, watch all these videos. So what you're discussing right now, like, at 17, I'm sitting there watching these videos, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start using, like, birth control and all that. Like, screw that. <laughs> oh, no. You know, they're, and they're trying to make it as beautiful as possible. I got to read the um, the farm out in Tennessee where, like, these women have orgasms when they're, like, giving birth and everything. So I got to learn about that, too, at that age, which is beautiful. But at the same time, it still scared me. I was like, I don't want a baby at this point. Yeah. So. You know, I feel like the orgasmic birth thing. Okay. So for, for those of you who haven't heard of this or aren't familiar, there's this idea that like women can actually I don't know if it's literally have orgasms while they're giving birth but like at least relieve some of the pain by basically masturbating as they're about you know as they're pushing and it's like almost like a breathing technique like a Lamaze technique yes. 
And I don't know if the goal is to like actually be orgasming like while you're giving birth, although that would be very like poetic and beautiful. I just don't think it really works that way because you're in a lot of pain uh, from what I hear. I don't know. It's I haven't done it, <laughs> but uh, it's it's very interesting to me. And I wonder how much of it is real and true and how much of it just makes women feel bad if they can't like have a birth like that. You know what I mean? And that beautiful experience where everything is just joyous while the baby comes out and they come right. out. Right. I feel like totally it's not always like that. Experience. Sometimes it's poop in, in the pool. Yeah, and pain. So. I don't think that ever happens. I don't, I, I don't it does know. does out in the farm of Tennessee. <laughs> so so how did you um, train for being a midwife assistant? Did the midwives just give you a bunch of videos and then have you observe? Or I very lucked out. I had a good friend that his mom like was needing an assistant, so I started working through her and everything. And, yeah, that's what I was saying. So she gave me those videos where I was having to watch where they're doing the squat and the breech birds and everything. And that's what I'm talking about, where you're seeing the arms and legs and you're like, oh my gosh, the vagina can do that. Like, <laughs> oh, so, where it looks like it's just like, yeah, like clawing its way out. <laughs> you're so impressed and terrified all at the same time. But, um, so yeah, I did that. And the only time I got to like experience the birth was, like I said, I sat there and scooped up the you know, the fecal matter, well, because you know, when you do a water birth, that's what happens. That's right. Yeah, somebody's got to help out with every part of birth. So, so you helped bring some people into the world. Thank you for your service, Britt. <laughs> and thank you for sharing your stories with yes, us. <laughs> Those are awesome. I will say, not to put Britt out of business at all, but um, June is National Vasectomy Month. So... <laughs> Rock and roll boys. I've got one myself. Not it's, sure if she's uh, still in the business. Uh, yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> and actually, I don't know if June is National Vasectomy Month. I'm just going to dedicate it. To well, that. May is National Masturbation Month. Oh, I don't know true. who decided that, but apparently May is May. we and we skipped it because we didn't really release month. any sh- shows in May. So yeah, every month could be Masturbation Month. Wait, you skipped Mindful. Masturbation Month? I mean, I didn't skip the month. Oh, but we, we didn't release a show that month. And right, right, right. I mean, uh, unfortunately, we've been kind of like preoccupied with some stuff, and we haven't done a show in a while. But it feels really good to be doing this show, and we're gonna we're gonna put this out there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's Yay. been too long. I know. Yeah, it's, it's been too it long since we. Yeah, time. not that we the episode's been going too long or anything. Anyone else wants to come up? Bring it on. You know, while while people are deciding if they have anything they want to share, I I have something. Um, so. I've talked about my high school sex ed class a couple of times and how traumatizing it was and how like they they told us if we wanted to like learn how to put a condom on a dick, then we had to like actually go in private and make an appointment with the nurse who everyone called nursey, which sounded like a weird horror movie or something. We had to go see her in her office and she would demonstrate on a banana and everyone was like, no, thanks. I Whoa, think I'm going to take my chances. Like, like. <laughs> We had to, like, she wasn't legally allowed, like, oh, I think, she was, like, taking a condom and putting it. Right. She would uh, demonstrate how to roll the condom onto it. a banana. Got it. And, right. yeah, like, no one wanted to take her up on that. I wonder why. Because <laughs> it's pretty awkward. <laughs> nursey? But I think at the, t- yeah, nursey. And yeah, at the no. time, I think it was, like, there was a lot of battles about sex ed in the schools and, like, what you can and cannot say and, what like, what you can and cannot teach kids to do. And a lot of it was really fear-based. And so they showed us this movie called, like, The Miracle of Life or something. And it was about a woman giving birth. And you would see, like, the, the baby's head, like, crowning. And then it was like, whoa, that's big. And then it gets bigger. And then it's like, oh, my God, I did not know a human body could stretch that that far and then they're like okay well if you have sex this is what will happen so go ahead and don't do that audience member that saw this movie was it terrifying it was a, it was a PBS movie I think PBS it was a PBS movie 
Wow. They showed it in your health class. How'd you too. feel about that? Do you want to talk about it on the mic? Uh, no. <laughs> he said no. Okay. All right. It was an okay movie. Okay. My, my, my. The only part I remember was like the scariest part where I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think, I didn't think bodies work that way. So. Well, there it is. I still haven't gotten over that fear. So anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian, you look a little uncomfortable in your chair. Oh, are you going over to the guest mic? Oh, it's coming up. Oh. <laughs> Lots is going on We don't on need that speaker. Studio. Don't worry. No one wants to hear this. <laughs> I was going to go to the guest so mic. So Brit, Brit's ahead. back. I'm back. I grew up in the South, y'all. Uh-huh. So we're talking about all these educational programs right and everything. Love the word y'all. And yeah. I'm dead hey, serious. Y'all. I think it's great. Y'all and comrade are not used enough. Did you ever hear don't shake my tree? Well, you don't uh, want my peaches, it? don't shake my tree. What does that, that mean? So that, that means like if you don't want to hear what I gotta say, don't start asking me questions. Like, oh, oh that makes sense. I see. Yeah, that I is a David Coverdale and and uh, Jimmy Page song though. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. Okay, so you guys are talking about all these like school programs and everything. So I grew up in the South, where literally we were taught about abstinence, and we were taught. Okay, so. They told us, they never even showed us how to put the condom on the banana. They said, don't even bother. It's going to rip. Just wait till you're married. Whoa. Oh, my god! This gosh. is northern central Florida that they were telling us that. And then they the showed us a whole of bunch of United States. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, of course it's going to rip if you put it on a banana. Those things have like a sharp stem. Yeah, exactly. If you start going crazy with that, I mean, <laughs> shit's going to happen. What, so. were they Catholic? No, this is a public school in Marion County, Central Florida. That's just as bad, but yeah, I mean, we're sorry. Wow. Is anybody I here mean, Catholic? No. So how many of your classmates Formerly? do you... All right, good. <laughs> how many of your classmates do you think waited until they got married? Okay, that's the best part. So we have this program where you say either you're going to wait until you're married or also they're going to sit there and scare you about abortion. I'd say about a quarter of the girls in my graduation class, thank God those gowns are baggy because they came out with pregnant bellies. Mm. You sitting there telling these kids nothing, you know, you can't do this, you can't do this. Yeah. That's at the age where you want to rival against them. So that was the worst thing I could have seen in an area where you're going to sit there and try to tell these kids everything other than putting on the condom. They told us everything other than how to put on that. Yeah. And I mean... I am 26 now. I can tell you I know at least a handful of girls that are my age from back home that have five or six kids. Wow. Starting wow. from that graduation Starting from period. high school graduation. And yeah. Part of them feels like that's life and everything. I respect that, too. But then yeah, the other sure, side, right. it's, it's like choice. Yeah. we never got educated properly at all in that area. And it's because of all the, you know, the religions and everything else to where people don't want that information out. But it's a public school. We should get it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so how did you get over that? Um, how did you find like alternative sources of information? Planned Parenthood was a huge one for me. Mm-hmm. Tremendous. Like everybody wants to shut that one down, but it's like they helped me give the information that I needed to know to go find the birth control, everything else. So and did they, did they have like a website at the time or did you go to the physical location and get like flyers? No, so the physical location for me was about 45 minutes away from my hometown. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, it was like I had to go into my own information and resource out that information. Nothing into the school system will give you that information to these girls. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you know, they want to sit there and say that, like, abortion's the murder. And then also to adopt, that makes you an insufficient parent. So all these girls are, like, almost being bullied into thinking, I'm 16, 17. I have no other option other than to drop out of school and raise these kids and just start being a wife. Wow. So, and that's going on right now in 2018. Yeah. 
I know. I mean, at least we have the internet now. Um, I, for anyone who might be listening to this in the future or or now, like there are lots of resources on the internet. There's uh, one that's been going on since I was a teenager a long time ago. Uh, it's called scarletine.org, and they have really good, like, accurate sex information that is, um, like, honest about birth control and about, you know, people's bodies and pleasure-focused. Like, it, it actually, by pleasure-focused, I mean it actually says, hey, this is supposed to feel good. <laughs> That's another thing, too, is they don't teach in the sex education anything about self-pleasure. So it's mm-hmm. all about, oh, okay, I'm going to go hook up with somebody else. And then that's yeah. the other laden cycle. But. Do you remember this um, Joycelyn Elders? She was like an attorney general or something, uh, like the like a federal f- official of some kind. And she suggested that like people should be taught about masturbation as part of sex ed. And she got like strung up on a rail, like she got crucified and fired and she had to step down just for suggesting that this was in the Clinton administration. Okay. So Clinton administration, like he left out when I was eight years old. So I was not paying attention to things back at that time. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. if I was say right now, that's horrible because we should be encouraging kids I don't want to tell other people how to raise their kids, but, like, that is the safest thing as a teenager to be able to pleasure yourself is to do it yourself rather than, you know, going out to all the other resources and everything else without that, like, lack of information. So that's horrible that they actually threw her out for that, I would say, because she could have really, and back in the 90s, too, if you think about all the um, issues with STDs that were still going on, how much that could have diminished if she was actually put into a positive light and people were more encouraged to think of her like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, we have a few people in the audience who remember that happening. I do, too. Thanks for sharing that again, Britt. Appreciate that. Now, Brian, you wanted to go on the guest microphone and share a story. Do you have to go on? Okay, okay, I guess it makes it more fun. Well, it was it was supposed to be kind of spur of the moment. So Britt ruined everything. No, I'm kidding. No, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. (laughs) No, you're phenomenal. (laughs) So uh, a story. Mm hmm. So what kind of stories are we telling again? These are... Anything you want, dear. Anything I want, dear. Anything you want. We were telling like embarrassing sex ed stories or like how we how we found out about sex or how we like found porn or something like that. This well, is like a nostalgia... It's turning into like a 90s nostalgia yeah. kind of episode. So, you know, there's a funny thing that actually I'm curious to, to get your take on. There is the concept that there's people who started having sex before the internet was really a thing and this would be you know let's say 96 to be generous uh, even though i would argue the internet really wasn't a big deal until 2003 but people that had sex before the internet was a thing are better at it than people afterwards have you heard this i i have heard it yeah and the claim is is that it's from not being so readily like not so readily seeing porn yeah of course one could also argue that in the 70s and 80s porn was of a different caliber than what you have today. Certainly in the 70s, it was far more artistic. Um, it had nothing to do with the massive mustaches those guys were sporting. Uh, <laughs> but it was, you know, I mean, so one could make an argument there. But They weren't the only ones sporting hair, you know? Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Boy, that, I mean, wow, you know? I, I've seen some of these, like some of the old Braun movies, and holy shit. Right. Right on. I mean, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, you know, right on. Um, so anyway... Do you in, do you have any experience to to speak to this that 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 people that started having sex before ninety six are somehow better like on some kind of average 
than people after? Hmm. Um, well, I don't know. I started having sex after 1996, uh-huh. but, uh, you know, I didn't really like, I didn't really come of age with porn, but I think it does affect people. Like I don't have a sample size on this, honestly. Sure. Right. But you and I were sort of part of that cusp of generation where like we grew up in our childhoods and we didn't have the internet. We just had telephones pretty much. And then in our teenage years, we did have the internet. But it wasn't like streaming porn on no. every website like it is nowadays. So it was different. It was a different kind of internet. Yeah, in fact, but n- not necessarily better either, though, because I remember a buddy of mine and I, nothing weird about that, a buddy of mine and I, we were like watching, we were going to these sites and, you know, porn sites. And at the time, you didn't really, video wasn't a thing, you know, on the internet. Like that wasn't that big of a deal. And so they would have a series of pictures that you could, what they call directing the action. So it was almost like these choose-your-own-adventure books, but with sex, you know? What a great idea. And, you know, whatever you chose for the person to do, the next picture would kind of show that. You know what I mean? It, it was, but it, it was very different. But they were still trying to do some really interesting and, and unique things. But at the same time, I, still, I don't think that necessarily that it's better because you're still kind of like this person, ooh, I'm telling the person what to, I'm telling them what to do. I'm telling them what to do. And I think even that could be kind of problematic. So, I, yeah, I don't have a, like a great answer on the whole sex before the Internet thing. I had sex before the Internet was a thing, but I'm not about to be up here and claim that I'm great at it or something. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I, chill, I don't think it's room. I don't think it's really possible to do a study on this. You yeah. Know? And like, why would you want to? It's a totally a subjective thing. But I do think that, yes, um, the way that people grew up, like learning about sex and watching porn does affect their sexuality as an adult. And a lot of those patterns are hardwired when you're a certain age, when you're sort of growing up. And so, of course, it affects you for your for the rest of your life, unless you work to like break certain conditioning that you find problematic or non enjoyable or whatever. Sure. Yeah, I, I mean, we, I we could, all have baggage, right? We all have baggage yeah. in all areas of our life, but especially sexually. And um, it's like anything else. Like, unless you're conscious about it and you try to change things, it's not going to change. And you'll just pick up the patterns that are floating around in the atmosphere, <laughs> like Paul was saying. Yeah, I think it can create expectations. I think that's that's certainly what can happen. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the rest, yeah, I think all that's still being, you know, pretty heavily researched. And, and I think there's something to it. But um, it can definitely create expectations. So... Anybody else got any stories they want to bring in? Anybody else? Yeah, I want or to hear from some more. Ask a question. Members. You can ask us something if you want. <laughs> I don't know that I'll give you the. Does best anyone answer. want to tell a story about uh, losing their virginity? Whoa, that's another nostalgia. This is like a nostalgia episode. Whoa, that's pretty deep for people to get into. <laughs> well, it is, but you know, we might as well get personal, right? Off the you, air. You would tell All it right. off the All air. Right, Do you want to tell it, it anonymously? On the air? No, they're going to no. know. Okay. They're going to know. Come on hey, up. Here we yeah, go. come, come on up. Come on up. <laughs> anonymously. All right. All right. Okay, we will we not have... say your name. Okay. We have an ge- anonymous guest, number one, coming okay. up to the mic. <laughs> I guess you can call me Shannon. 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 All right, Welcome Shannon. Welcome to the show, Shannon. And get right up on that microphone. Cause if I call you Shannon later on at Porkfest, please remember that. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> All right. Well, this was 2008. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting because it happened on February 29th. Oh, so that's oh, a leap, leap year. year. So this really only happened so many years ago. Not as many. Well, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Only celebrated like a three-year anniversary. Right. You know? So I was hanging out with some friends downtown, 
and they decided that they wanted to hook up and with so, each other or like, with somebody threesome oh okay so like it was me and two other guys they were by so mm-hmm. just all three of us together and so we like uh went into the woods it was also there was also snow on the ground oh my goodness and so we laid down a jacket and uh yeah and you had a threesome in the woods in the snow yeah and that was oh the first gosh. time was it cold oh yeah it was definitely cold it was cold <laughs> yeah and and but yeah your first time yeah it was three yeah wow it, wow i mean it's looking, looking back on it yeah looking back you... on it it or actually, I knew right away. It wasn't really fun for me. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a story to tell, so it's interesting in that way. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, especially women, I don't want to presume your gender, but I mean, a lot of people have that experience where their first time is not very good. In fact, when I lost my virginity, my partner said, hmm, you know, I think sex is overrated. <laughs> like, I guess it didn't feel as good as he thought it would. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is kind of fun to tell those stories, but it's also important to remember that like, because we don't get, because we have such a sex negative culture and because we don't get a lot of information about it, a lot of people don't even know that sex is supposed to feel good. And so it's like, that's what happens in your first time. You're just like, all right, well, I guess let's try this and see what happens. We don't know what we're doing. So like a lot of it was like, it's not like they were actively pressuring me, but I felt like I couldn't say no. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry you had that experience, but um, I hope it's gotten better since then. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. <laughs> Great. No thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Shannon. Yeah. Have you ever had sex in the snow, Brian? Yes. Like, out, oh, like yes. outdoors in oh, the snow? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is something I, like, I've watched Empire Strikes Back so many times. Star Wars fans, you know what I'm talking about out there. And I, I was like, I got to know. You know, what was it? There's no, th- these rebels had to be stooping on Hoth. What, what was going on there? How did that work out? And I had to find out. And fortunately, I had a, 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 someone that was willing to try it. What about like on the beach? On the beach? Yeah. Yes, I've done that. I, that's terrible. That's overrated. That's exactly what happens. Sand everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it's romantic. And like, uh, no, it, no, it is. It is. It is. I mean, if you... Yeah, when you got that sunset, though, and the birds are kind of, as long as they don't shit on you, and, you, you know, I mean, like that, it, it's, it's great, you know, and, and maybe if you have, I don't know, on a hammock, whoa, oh, here's a guy with some hard. experience, yeah, all right, all right, I know this guy, <laughs> yeah, on a hammock, People that's a hell of an idea between a couple camping. palm trees, right, yeah, all right, so I haven't tried that, but... <laughs> We'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. On the, on the beach. I mean, it, it, the whole thing could be very romantic, but it does get, it, it, it does get sandy. It, it gets, need a life, a lifeguard stand. A lifeguard stand. stand. <laughs> a lifeguard stand <laughs> and one of good. those little like portable pontoons that David Hasselhoff carried around in Baywatch. I am all for it. Absolutely. I'll wear the red shorts and everything. And I always wear black. That's how important it is to me. Bay, yeah, Baywatch it up. Exactly. I love Baywatch. How many people here love, and I don't mean the movie with The Rock. I love The Rock, but, you know, the, the original Baywatch with Hasselhoff. Any any fans? Yeah, yeah, all right, absolutely. I have little Funko Pops of, of you know the guy who used to write the scripts? Well, you're you're in on that, Paul. Wow. You're, you're in on that scene. You love Babylon 5, too, don't you? Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, there it is. You got the lovers of it all. Okay, uh, yes, Babylon 5. All right, sorry. So we, we got way off track. <laughs> Yeah, Sense8 is great. Absolutely. We just actually, Stephanie, you and I just watched the finale. What did you think? I loved it. I thought it was really sexy. Yeah, it was sexy. The ending was, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, brilliant show. So, okay, we were talking about places that we have sex, right? We were talking about unusual places that we've had sex, yes. But I have have another question for the audience that might stimulate discussion if anybody wants to answer it. But would you like to say more about that, the places? You could oh. feel free to come up to the mic and tell us the most overrated place that you've had sex that sounded like a good idea at the time, but then it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I want to hear stories of how people overcame like a sex negative idea that they learned when they were growing up or like maybe homophobia or like misog- like internalized misogyny or I don't know, whatever, like some something that you learned that was holding you back from enjoying yourself uh, sexually or otherwise just in life and how you overcame it. Cause I always like to hear those stories. Those are kind of help- hopeful. So everybody think about that. Brian's going to tell us about the weirdest place. He, the most overrated place. He has oh, sex. the most <laughs> overrated. Yes. I mean, car sex, let's be honest. Like it's great. And it's not, you know, the hood of the car, the hood of the car. Now, if you have like a Lincoln town car, now that's what I'm talking about. But you got to have a Lincoln Town Car because otherwise you're going to, or at least I do, I dent in the hood, you know, and I, I'm saying, because I'm a heavy guy. That's, that's all I'm saying. So uh, car's a little overrated. Um, I'll tell you what's not overrated. Church. Yes. Church Brian is has worth had sex in a church. Oh, man. <laughs> it, 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 yeah. Wait, come on up to the mic church. and give us, if you, we've inspired you to talk. Yeah, no, ch- don't be church shy. Is but, awesome. Oh, you too. You come up. I saw you had something to say. Well, so, I, I want to debate the car thing. You want to debate the car? Okay. You're let's a little have, guy. Let's no, you on after. Yeah. Okay. So we have two church stories, and then we're going to have a debate about the car. All right. We're going to so, have the, we're, we'll have the car. Church story debate. number one. Okay. Right, this, this is real short. Yeah. You know, okay. Um, I had a friend that I met from another friend that I went to school with. He was a janitor at the local United Methodist Church. Oh, man. And we'd hang out in the basement. Yeah. And we'd look at porn magazines. <laughs> and he'd buy, you know, he'd buy them for me. He says, you know, you want anything? So I'd, I'd slip him some money and he'd get, he'd get me porn magazines. So we're sitting down in the United Methodist Church re- reading porn magazines. I'll take a box of, <laughs> box of Cracker Jacks and a Hustler. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still remember that. Anyway. That's brilliant. <laughs> that, that, that's, as, that's about as good as having sex there. <laughs> And church story, no, church story number yeah. two. Oh, church story number two. So, Oh, you got a church story? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, whoa. Does no, that ever? sounds like you have 20 church stories. Get close up that's to that, funny, Mike. That's funny, I wish. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah. No, that's a great answer. I didn't have that much fun as a teen, but <laughs> let's <laughs> Those mega churches where they have, like, just too many people where they can't even keep track of all the kids. So easy. Now, like, you're already, like, in that point of rebellion, and you just want to do the biggest F you. Yeah, yeah that you want to do so it's like you go find someone to go in the bathroom it's not just someone it was my person at the time my boyfriend mm-hmm. but um you know like that's like the biggest like <laughs> right here at church right now oh, everybody yeah. else is doing worship in the other room we're right here going oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> yeah you were moved by the holy spirit <laughs> i felt the spirit <laughs> jesus is here uh so- yeah, I mean, well, you know the pastors are doing it, too. I mean, come on. Like, I, there's just no way. Yeah, to that's part of the perks, yeah. right? <laughs> all right, all right. Do, does oh, this guy want to be well, named or no? Uh, I, I, sure. 
All right, tone. Okay. <laughs> there's only yeah, one, there's tone. Only one tone, right? That's a, um, so I will mention rooftops is a pretty cool rooftop uh, spot. Um, oh, you're a New York City boy, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, same here. They're yeah, pretty yeah. flat there. It's a little, little more difficult when it's on a side. Yeah, so, yeah. so the car, right? So you probably haven't thought about this one. So you're used to either lying in the back seat. That's uncomfortable. Uh, for the both of you to lie in the back seat yeah. or using the front seat. Again, it's uncomfortable. But here's what you haven't probably attempted. If you, as the guy, sit on the hump of the middle seat, hump the, the girl seat. has that area in between the front two seats with leverage. Tone. <laughs> Dude, at your blockchain courses, why aren't you teaching this? That's what these guys need, man. They don't need they don't need candlesticks. They they need you telling them that. Holy shit. What do you think, love? I mean, I think that's creative. Yeah. I it's think creative. that's very creative. It could be adapted for other other gender combinations too, I think. Wow. All right, no. So wait, so wait, so wait. Is this experience talking or what? Uh, or is well, this just theoreticals? Because you're big on that. No, it's experience. It's experience. Right. Yeah, that was uh, that, that that was to make the way the car thing very um, useful, even preferable. Wow. You know. All right. All right. Here's another thing I'll tell you, like that I miss with cars. Oh, you got me on the mic, so go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's like cars used to have. You know, in the front, it'd be a bench seat. Now, the back, you can barely get a bench seat. But in the front, it was a bench seat. And I, I kind of miss that, where, where, you know, someone can get all, all the way across. This is why I never, I never really wanted to learn to drive. Yeah, you know what? My first car had one of those, like a Buick Century, 1989. Yeah. Right, and, and there's plenty of room. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You, know, you could be driving, and who is knows what going on. Is that why they outlawed that middle bucket seat? I wonder. Because it's now it's not in cars anymore. Sure, I wonder. I don't know. I, I mean, like... That's it, a conspiracy theory I, for you. I think you can still get a blowjob or whatever is getting done if the gal's driving, you know, <laughs> whatever. But it, that, that makes things difficult. Not as yeah. easy anyway. Once when I was a stupid teenager, I was stuck in traffic and I was bored and I didn't know what to do. And so I was oh, chicken's ready. dress oh. and, you know... No, I'll be right back. Um, no, I, I ordered it. <laughs> I'll be right back, Okay, guys. no food. To, okay, thanks, thanks so. for sharing that. <laughs> So, yeah, we got to make this an entertaining show. All right, go for it. (laughs) So I was talking about the story where, um, you know, I was stuck in traffic. I didn't really have anything to do. And so I, you know, I started uh, fooling around in the car. But then it was like stop and go. Yeah, but it was stop and go traffic. So, you know, that didn't last very long. Stop and go traffic. Yeah. Real stop and go. (laughs) It was a tease. It wasn't fun. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. We have another story on this. Another guest has come up to the mic. Would you like to be anonymous? Even though I collected it earlier, unless he wants me to. I'm fine with that. All okay. right, Jason, go. Get right up close to the mic. So you were talking about first-time stories. Yep. I've, got a, I've got a fairly good one. So okay. I'm literally on top of a mountain. Wow, on top of a mountain. I really on top like of a that. Mountain. So there's in the Adirondacks, there's this mountain called Bald Mountain. Mm-hmm. A lot of smooth rock that I always thought would be <laughs> phenomenal for that. Or there's the damn fire tower. Every one of these mountains has a fire tower, you know? And so how did that work? Does it, like did you did you go up into the fire tower? Did you lay on the grass? Was there any grass up there? Uh, so we wait, there, wait, there wait. Was, there was an, there was vegetation. Not much of it was grass. We we found kind of a sandy patch. Like we we kind of planned this out. Like we had a blanket with us and everything. Like we were okay. That's but, sweet. No, cool. now wait. I say this as a compliment. Is the mountain a euphemism for you? You're a big guy, <laughs> and I say I that am, as a compliment. But, but no, mountain mountain is literal. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. It, I it haven't was, done that one, man. Now, was this was this like up north or was this like a more a warmer climate? 
This was this was in the Rockies in the middle of summer. So okay. 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 That sounds pretty good. Yeah. And it, it was it was simultaneously kind of a disappointing experience though, because you know it, maybe it's that porn conditioning thing you were talking about. I you know I was I was really worried about disappointing, you know, finishing a little bit early. So I you know I had one of those numbing condoms. And, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Those yeah. are bad. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I could see though if you're scaling a mountain in full gear. <laughs> You'd already have like the knee pads and elbow pads on, right? And you'd be, I mean, potentially, you know, it could get interesting. You could be ready. Anyway, all right. Knee pads and elbow pads. Yeah. When you're on a scratchy rock. I don't know. Well, I was going to say about those numb your dick products. I, I have to confess, I'm not really proud of this, but when I was first starting out as a voiceover artist, I was looking for jobs and I got offered a, a gig to do a voiceover for this numb your dick spray i don't even remember the name of it but it was a spray that you could put on your dick and it would numb it and i know those are bad i know they're bad because not only do they numb dicks but they numb other body parts as well if you're having sex with a female bodied person it can leak into her body you know uh so you know then she might not want that and also you know it can make you oblivious to like pain or like things that don't feel good it, it made me oblivious to a lot of things it, you know, like she she made it she made it through yeah, it i mean okay. we're nothing without our dicks you know no. why would you want to numb it though i don't know it's like yeah like she, she made it through the experience okay she wasn't numbed but i you know i just didn't even notice that that she, you know, she, she had an orgasm. It's like, nope, I was numb enough. It's like, oh, nope. wow. Yeah, oh, that's was, too bad. It was a really disappointing <laughs> Okay, so maybe the ditch the numb your dick stuff for next time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> would not recommend it. You think being on top of a mountain would be enough of like, I'm going to be careful. But yeah, no. (laughs) Well, thanks for sharing that story. Yeah, great story. So does anyone else in the audience, we are sharing. Let's um, maybe one more. Okay. Because we're. Yeah, we're getting a little interference from concerts. Yeah, and and it's, this is Sex and Science Hour. We're like in an hour and a half. Okay. So. All right. We got one more story. Anyone? Anyone? Anyone want to have an embarrassing childhood story about when you first asked questions about sex and your parents shut you down or you got the impression it wasn't okay to talk about or a virginity losing story or the first time you saw porn, sex in a church, anything goes. Someone tell a story. Just get up on the We got Brit for one more. Yeah. Come on, Brit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Woo. Woo Woohoo. Yeah. So <laughs> before Britt gets here, <laughs> or go no, go ahead, get, get, get on here. it, Britt. You're here now. All right. Hello. I was feeling dead Hello. air. <laughs> You're good. So what do you got? All right. So you want to talk about embarrassing sex stories? Yes. Like back yes. when you're a teenager. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I remember like our parents finally got a satellite and everything, so you can start watching Cinemax HBO at night. Skinamax? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. We watched okay. that during dinner. I'm not kidding. I think, yeah. You Brian should. Was, that we, is we exactly do. what you need yeah. to do. Eat a little it's bit awesome. of turkey and watch a little Skinamax. <laughs> totally advocate It's better than that. hardcore porn, Some in my the opinion. the plots are really good. Yeah, really? they're phenomenal. Anyway, sorry, it's good, Brit, but it please has continue. A plot. No, don't worry. I love it. So, um, I remember, I'm going to say about 2006, 2007. I'm sitting there watching... It was a Anna Nicole Smith video. Oh. Oh, my. It was one of those where she's, like, rolling around the sheets where she's pretending to have sex with a ghost, but it's, like, all kinds of stuff. She's had Got sex it. with, like... A ghost? <laughs> at least, like, five different guys in the video. It's a good old Skinamax thing. So I'm watching that, and um, I keep turning down the volume, like, oh, my God, I keep hearing it. 
I'm freaking out. I turn down the volume some more. I'm like, oh, no, I keep hearing it. It's on mute. I'm like, why do I keep hearing this? I'm freaking out. It was the ghost. No, I put two and two together. My brother in the next room over is watching Anne Nicole Smith, too. Whoa. Oh my god, Whoa. that is so awkward. That was a great story. But that's <laughs> you didn't do anything after that. You're just like you're done. Wow. Oh did god. did Anna Nicole Smith at least have a boogasm? And I couldn't say enough to watch after that. I was <laughs> like, my brother's watching this in the next room over. I'm done. I gotta right. go. Well bring your brother next year. We'll find out. So, oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that well, is, we did great, say we're from crazy. the South, so I'll bring my brother and a couple of cousins if you want. <laughs> Oh my God! Great story. Brent. Oh, Thank that's you. brilliant. Now, wouldn't it be cool to actually have sex with a ghost? I think that would be cool if a ghost is going to come visit you. Like they might as well, you know, give you some, give you, give you a good time while they're at it, right? I don't know if I agree with you. <laughs> what about that movie? What about Ghost, the movie, like where they're doing the pottery? Oh, and the come ghost- on! That's Patrick Swayze. Of course, right. I'd have sex with him. But, but that's- what if the ghost looked like Patrick Swayze? Well, what if yeah. Patrick Swayze came to you in ghost form? He's dead. You're That's telling kind of me you would turn him down? No, I would not turn down Patrick Swayze or Patrick Stewart. I'm sure there's some other Patricks I might not turn down, even though I'm not you know, bisexual or anything. But. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. You're I mean, ghost, that pottery. You're making that you're pottery. Ghost and you're just kind of like, oh, it's Demi Moore. I mean, what is it called if you would have a sex with a ghost of any gender, sexual orientation? Is it, is it just pansexual or is it like spirit sexual? Spirit what? what? Kegels. Kegels. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, sense. Right. Yeah, kind of in sense eight. Right. In they, sense they're eight, interconnected. Yeah, it's like, and a, so they, it's like that. That's a great point. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, wait. Well, wait. Quick show of hands. Yeah. And then we can end it. Okay. Quick show of hands. Who here wants to have sex with a ghost? Even if you're atheist, just play with us. I do. Both hands, please. Okay. Both hands. You jerk. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's official. We have a majority of the audience who would love to make love to a ghost. Wow. So there you have it. It's people's number one fantasy at Who Pork says Fest. you don't learn something from Sex and Science Hour? Yeah, you know? well, this has been a magical Pork Fest full of apparitions and spirits. So I think I hear a ghost th- out there. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, so much for being here. We'll hang out in this room, and we have the space until 10 o'clock, so we can hang out and socialize. And thank you for everybody who shared a story and for everybody who just listened. It's been really nice to do the show for you. So, yeah, see you next time. You can find Ooh. us at sexandsciencehour.com. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've just heard Sex and Science Hour. Game over. Play again next week.